All right, Matthew chapter number 8 tonight, Matthew chapter number 8, and we look forward to seeing what God has for us this evening in our Bible study, and thank you ladies for the music, and let's look forward to uh, Sunday. We had a great Sunday this past Sunday, uh, we had a lot of visitors, obviously it will be an Easter Sunday, uh, but let's work so that we can have a lot of visitors this Sunday, and it was a wonderful Sunday with our celebration Sunday, not only celebrating uh, the resurrection of our Savior, but also uh, celebrating the commitments that have been made and that first fruits offering. And uh, so let's work hard to have a great Sunday this coming Sunday. And God has been good to us. He has been very good to us. And uh, I want to uh, keep the momentum going and see what he has for us this coming Sunday. Matthew chapter number 8. For the last several Wednesday nights, uh, I had not planned on doing a, a little uh, series on faith. If you recall, a few years ago, I taught a series on faith uh, in our in our Sunday school, uh, 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 you know, Sunday school Sunday morning. That's what I'm. My mind's a little cloudy tonight. Uh, through Sunday school, we uh, uh, taught on faith, and uh, this this little series has evolved on a Wednesday night. And uh, one thing that I know that I don't think we can teach too much on the subject of faith. Uh, faith is something that we all uh, need to be paying close attention to. Uh, if faith, if without faith, it is impossible to please God. If it's not a faith, it is sin. And so it is something that we always need to be evaluating in our own life. Matthew chapter number 8 tonight. Let's begin reading with verse number 5. And we're going to use <clears throat> this story of uh, Christ's interaction uh, with the centurion uh, to look at our lesson on faith this evening. Verse number 5 of Matthew chapter number 8. And when Jesus was entered into Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion beseeching him, and saying, Lord, my servant lieth at home sick of the palsy, <clears throat> grievously tormented. And Jesus saith unto him, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that thou shouldest come under my roof, but speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. For I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me, and I say to this man, Go, and he goeth, and to another come, and he cometh, and to my servant do this, and he doeth it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled, and said to him that followed, Verily I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. <clears throat> and I say unto you, that many shall come from the east and west, and shall sit down with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the children of the kingdom shall be cast out into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And Jesus said unto the centurion, Go thy way, and as thou hast believed, so be it done unto thee. And his servant was healed in the selfsame hour. We see the account of a miracle that Christ did in healing of this centurion's servant. Can you imagine what it would have been like to be in, in, in the presence of Christ, see this take place? I remind you, though, that we have seen many miracles uh, take place in our own life. But this is a fascinating story, and there's some truths here that I want us to see tonight. There's several phrases that jump out to me. In verse number 8, the centurion says, I'm not worthy. Verse number 10, Jesus marveled. Got your attention there, didn't I? Uh, verse number 10, uh, the Bible says, And Jesus marveled. Uh, think about that. This man's faith was so great that it got Jesus' attention. Tonight I want to look at this story, and I want to look at faith, and here's what I'm going to teach on this evening. The relationship 
of humility and faith. The relationship of humility and faith. Several weeks ago, I taught on surrender and faith and how if you don't have faith, it's because you haven't surrendered. How can a young man, a young lady, a young couple, how can someone say, I'm going to step out for God by faith if they have not surrendered to whatever God wants for them? Uh, Surrender is part of it. Tonight, we're going to look at the relationship of humility in faith. Humility is necessary for there to be faith in your life. I'm going to show from the life of the centurion that the more humble you are, the more humility you have, the more faith you can have. Likewise, the more pride you have, the less faith you have. And so tonight, let's ask the Lord to help us. Father, I pray that you'll use the Word of God tonight to speak to us. Uh, may our hearts be open to what you have for us. And Father, may our, great, our faith grow tonight. Uh, Father, I pray that uh, your people will be edified by your Word. <clears throat> Father, may we see the truths of this centurion's interaction with your Son. And may we pattern ourselves after his faith. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Humility is defined as freedom from pride and arrogance. I'll finish the definition in just a moment, but think about uh, the, the definition of humility, freedom from pride and arrogance. If you and I, as a child of God, are full of pride, we are in bondage. Uh, that is something that we just have to be reminded of. So humility is freedom from pride and arrogance, humbleness of mind, a modest estimate of one's own worth. Humility consists of lowliness of mind, a deep sense of one's own unworthiness in the sight of God. It's an act of submission. For one to have humility when it comes to the things of God is, is an act of submission to God, is a realization that we are lowly in His presence. I don't think we have to be reminded, or we shouldn't have to be reminded, but we need to be reminded tonight that when we're in the presence of God, we're, we, we're, we're not as good as sometimes we think we are. Uh, we're good when we want to compare ourselves to the worst of this world, but that's not our standard. Our standard is the perfection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Our standard is holiness. If you have a problem with separation of holiness tonight, it's because you have the wrong standard. Those that, that don't believe that holiness is something that takes place in 2021, it's because you have placed your standard against this world and how this world has changed. But I remind you, Christ does not change. He is our standard. It's freedom from pride and arrogance, humbleness of mind. Before we can have or exercise faith, we must believe we need faith. I'm going to read several statements. I want you to pay close attention to them. Before we can have or exercise faith, we must believe we need faith. The need for faith arises out of our inability and the realization of God's ability. Okay, before we can have or exercise faith, we must believe we need faith. You know why some don't live by faith? They don't think they need it. They think they can do it. They think they have the knowledge, the wisdom, the strength to navigate this life and to navigate this world without God. So therefore, they say, I don't need faith. It's because you don't have humility. It's a realization that we need faith. The need for faith arises out of our inability 
and a realization of God's ability. Is there anything more frustrating than not being able to do something that you want to do? Uh, I, my mind, the, you know, it has one of those things, the older I get, the better I was. You know, you, you roll a basketball out on the court, and my mind can tell me, well, I, I can do this, and I can do this, and I can do this. But my body says that expired a long time ago. By your reaction, you know exactly what I'm talking about. There, there's a frustration in life. Have you ever been faced with anything that you did not have the answer for? Of course you have. Maybe you're facing something tonight that you want to fix it, but you can't fix it. That is a reminder. That is not a bad, friends, tonight, that's not a bad place. It's an uncomfortable place. It's not a bad place. Because when we have the realization that I am not able, then I have to look to one who is able. And we have to be humbled in the sight of God because all of us, man has a pride problem. So God has to allow things to come into our life from time to time to remind us that we are not able to overcome it. We're not able to fix it. We're not able to solve the problem. We're not able to navigate what life always brings us. So it brings the realization that I cannot, but I've got to look to one who can. Therefore, humility is the soil from which faith springs. A lack of humility always accompanies a lack of faith. To declare, Pastor, I just don't have that kind of faith, is not a humble declaration, but one of pride. Sometimes Christians say when they're challenged by the Word of God, they're challenged by the Spirit of God, uh, th th their answer is, well, I just don't have that kind of faith in this fake, humble manner, and that is not humility. That is pride. Because when God asks us to do something or God commands us to do something, it is something that he will enable us to do whether we understand how we're going to accomplish it. So humility always accompanies faith. Faith is the evidence of humility, and humility is necessary for faith. If you want your, and this is the part we don't like, I don't like this as, as, as flesh and blood, if we want our faith to grow, we have to become more humble. And if God wants us to depend on Him more, He's got to put us in a place of greater humility. And that is just the reality. Faith is the evidence of humility. Humility is necessary for faith. Humility is the realization I can't. Faith is the realization God can. Humility, I'll say that again, is the realization I can't. Faith is the realization God can. It was a great day in my life. It was a great day in my ministry when I realized I didn't have to solve everybody's problems. I, I want to, but I can't. I can't solve my own problems, but I know who can. God can. I said, sometimes we say, Pastor, I want to have a life of great faith. Well, how humble do you want God to make you? I want to have a life where 
it's great dependence on God. And, and, and I know that it is impossible to please God without great faith. And I want to please God. Well, how humble do you want God to make you? Because, friend, that is a problem for all of us. We do not like to humble ourselves, much less have God humble us. We, it, politically in our country in the last several months, has been humbling, hasn't it? Maybe Christians are coming to the realization that the Republican Party is not the answer, but God is. Pastor, what are you going to do with the, with, the, with the administration that we have? I guess I'll just have to depend on God. Now, we have to be in an uncomfortable position to, to realize that we have to be reminded that we have a God who is in complete control. Now, I'm going to sit in here and tell you, I, I like the way things are going because I don't. But I, we all ought to come together and realize that there's things that we cannot take care of, and so we're just going to have to depend on God to take care of them. Humility is a realization I can't. Faith is a realization God can. Sometimes as a parent, we throw up our hands and say, I just, I just can't, I can't deal with them. I can't solve these problems. I, I can't control these influences that come. And sometimes we can control it more than we think. But let me remind all of us, humility is saying I can't. But don't give up because God can. When a Christian fails to put his faith in God, don't miss this. When a Christian fails to put his faith in God, it is because he has not come to the realization that he is inadequate to meet his own needs. When a Christian fails to put his faith in God, it is because he has not come to the realization that he is inadequate to meet his own needs. The reason why a Christian does not exercise faith does not grow in their faith is because they think they can solve their problems. They think they can take care of their needs. But friend, we, we all ought to be reminded that life can change very quickly. Circumstances can change not just literally overnight, in an instant. But the one who says, I don't have that kind of faith or I'm not going to put that faith in God. And young people need to constantly be reminded of this because so many things in this world are enticing. Be reminded that we have to live by faith. And parents, let me help you. If your young person surrenders to the will of God and surrenders to full-time Christian service, say, well, I don't, you don't need to figure out a backup plan for them. Let them live by faith at 18. They're going to need a 25. God will figure it out. Because when a Christian fails to put his faith in God, it's because he has not come to the realization that he is inadequate to meet his needs. Sometimes we as Christians say, I know God wants me to do that, but I'll have to live by faith to do that. And so we come up with excuses of why we don't step out by faith. And we go and we put our emphasis in something else. Well, I know that I can provide for me in this case. I know that I have this strength to be able to do this. I know I have this talent and ability to, to, to meet these needs, and so I'll go in these directions, but we've got to get back to what it is that God has spoken to us about. It's that faith and realize I can't do it on my own, so I have to be humble enough to realize I can't do it. God can do it. And so if you ever come to your place, if you're there tonight, if you come to a place in your Christian life, well, you just don't think you have the faith to move forward or you're not willing to move out, move forward by faith. It, it, it's a humility problem. 
because you'll never have faith without humility. Now, let's look at the story of the centurion. I like to refer to this as centurion faith. We see in the story that Jesus was in Capernaum, and wherever Jesus went, there was a great crowd. This centurion, this soldier, comes looking for Jesus. I, no doubt he was in his, his uniform of that day. He was in what a, what a soldier would wear, and he was there looking for Jesus. And I, I picture this in my mind, him coming through. I'm looking for Jesus. Where is Jesus? There was a great crowd, bear in mind, wherever Jesus was. And when he finds him, we find this conversation taking place. Because Scripture tells us he was searching for him, and then he said, Lord, by verse 6, my servant lieth at home sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. And Jesus said unto him, I will come and heal him. We look at the story, and we find the centurion, and we'll spend most of our time in verse number 8, the humility of the centurion. And how this humility was tied to his faith, and faith was tied to his humility, and it moved and stirred the heart of the Lord Jesus Christ to the point where he marveled at it. He was in amazement at it. And we'll see why this evening. But let's look into the story of this centurion and his faith with the relationship of humility and faith in mind. Let me say, number one, I want to make this statement. Humility realizes unworthiness. Look at verse number 8. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy. Until one realizes their unworthiness and inadequacy, they cannot have centurion faith. In the presence of Jesus, he realized his unworthiness. Now think with me just for a moment. We're going to look at it more closely in just a minute. This was a man that was used to saying, you go do that, and they did it. Scooby-Doo's over there. He was a man who, bless him, Lord. There, there's a, he was a man that was used to saying, go do this, and he did it. But I want you to notice something very, very, very interesting here to me. If you think this through, he was a man who had rank. He had soldiers under him. There was a day when he did not have that. But now he had achieved his status in life. There were those who would salute him. There were those who would part the way when he came through. He had achieved a status. But yet when he was in the presence of, don't miss this, when he was in the presence of the Son of God, that status was nothing. Christian, let me warn you. Let me warn you. Let me put you on guard tonight. You're not what you were when Jesus saved you, are you? Aren't you thankful? You're not even what you were the first time you came to church and, you know, the Word of God's cleaned you up and now you're serving and, and God has done some things in your life and, and some of you, you're, you're second or third generation Christians and you've done things how the Bible says to do it and God has blessed you because that's the way God works. He blesses obedience to His Word and you're, and you're serving don't get so enamored with your position that that means more to you than being in the presence of the Savior. 
Don't get so enamored with how far you've come that you get so full of pride of, of, of well, I mean, Brother Stanley, if he didn't have me in the choir, what would he do? See, when you're in the presence of the Savior and you've got a need that you can't solve, you've got a sickness that you can't heal, you've got a problem that, that you need a solution to, that, that centurion, he had the authority, he had a title, he had achieved some things in life that no doubt he had worked to, to, to accomplish, but yet when he was in the presence of the Son of God, he was nothing. And he never forgot that. And it would do us well to have a revival of humility from the pulpit to the, the back pew in our Baptist churches today, realizing that God, yes, He blesses faithfulness, and if you obey this book, He will bless you. But let's be reminded, we're just sinners saved by the grace of God. There's nothing that we have that we deserve. God bestows it on us by His grace, by His goodness. And oh, it's a sad thing to see someone get so full of themselves because they have achieved some things that they don't realize that they need the master. They don't realize he could have approached him and said, instead of saying, you're not worthy, he could have come to him and said, Jesus, you're going to my house. But he didn't do that. Because he realized when he was in the presence of the Son of God, he was unworthy. And humility realizes unworthiness. You know, our humility is determined by a couple of things when it comes to prayer. First of all, whether or not we pray. Because if you don't ever need to ask God for something, you're pretty self-sufficient, aren't you? I've lived long enough to know that God will put you in some situations where you have to call on Him. God is very good at reminding His creation you don't have it all figured out. You can't solve all your problems. And, and let me especially just warn all the, 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 the children and the teens and the young people here. The day is coming. You haven't lived as much life as others have. The day is coming. The book of Ecclesiastes reminds us that there's just some things about life that takes place. Your doctor's visit's coming. Your situation you can't control is coming. Your betrayal is coming. It's all coming. Uh, I hope you're in a, in a situation when life happens that you realize you need God. Humility realizes unworthiness. And then when we pray, God, I need this. God, give me this. I think it would be good for us. And, and, and God tells us to come boldly to his throne. Don't get me wrong. He wants us to come and say, God, I've got to have this. God, I need this. But let us never forget who we're talking to. Let us never forget the privilege we have of entering into His throne room through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Humility realizes unworthiness. You've got to underline those words in your Bible. I am not worthy. This is a man who had rank. This is a man who had title. This is a man who had accomplished something. But he knew, compared to the Savior, you know what you know would be good for all of us when we start feeling real good about ourselves? Because we can compare ourselves to how wicked this world is. We can compare ourselves that, that we're not doing what somebody else is doing. How about comparing yourself to Jesus? Let me tell you what's going to happen. Every time you compare yourself to Jesus, you don't measure up. 
Nothing will humble us like comparing ourselves to the perfect Son of God. Statement number one is humility realizes unworthiness. Statement number two, fake humility is not faith but pride. I bring this point out, and I won't spend a lot of time here, but the centurion answered in verse number eight, the centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that I should just come under my roof. He was not one of these Baptist drama queens. He was sincere because the Lord knew his heart. It was not one of those situations. Well, you wouldn't come to my house anyway, so just speak it, Lord. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Well, I don't know if you're going to hear me anyway, God. But I guess I'll pray. You know, it was not fake humility. It goes right in line with, well, I guess I'm not important enough for the pastor to. You know what that is? That's pride. That's not humility. That's pride. Well, I guess the Lord, I mean, he's not going to answer my prayer like he answers somebody else. That is not humility. That is pride. When we get to that place, we think that God ought to move us to the top of the list, and we got to be reminded we're not worthy to even speak his name. We're not worthy to even approach him, and yet by his grace and mercy, he gives us access. Let's be careful that we don't have this fake humility when it is not humility at all. It is pride. So many times we like to do that. Well, I'm just, I'm just not as important. As, that's, not, that's pride. Because you know what that's saying? That's saying, I ought, to have a, I ought to be in a place that God does not have me. In my opinion, I ought to be doing something that God does not have me doing. In my opinion, I should not have this need. Why would God bring this need? That's something I'm so thankful that my wife and I learned when, we, when, our, when our daughter Amanda was sick and, we, and the Lord took her home. It was a, at 26 years of age, it was a sudden realization that just because you grew up in a Christian home and just because you're surrendered to preach, that you're not exempt from trials. You're not exempt from needing God. You're not exempt from having to live in, in, in a place where you've got to have Him. And this, well, why is God doing this to me? Why wouldn't he? Why wouldn't he allow it to come into our life? Why wouldn't he? We're not as special as we like to make ourselves out to be. And this fake humility is really pride. Remember what I said in the introduction that we come and without, if you're going to see faith, you're always going to see humility. Because humility is the soil that seed is planted and faith springs forth. Because we have to have a place in our heart, in our life, that we can't do it, so I have to depend on God. Statement number three is this tonight. Faith is always belief in God's ability. Now, those are simple things, but sometimes the most simple truths are the ones that we have a, the hardest time with. Faith is always belief in God's ability. Notice verse number eight. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy. Thou shouldest come under my roof, but speak the word only. Those are some powerful words. That man had so much faith in Jesus. Jesus, you don't have to go to my house. First of all, I'm not worthy. 
You ever have God do something special in your heart? When God deals with you specifically and you know it, it's the most humbling, unworthy feeling. I, I, I was so excited on Sunday. I guess I was the only one that was excited on, on Sunday. A miracle. God did a miracle on Sunday. I went from being excited to I can't tell you how humble I felt. Because you do know this journey we've been on for a while. That the God of heavens would just open up those windows and say, I'm just going to pour the blessings out. Oh, I loved it. You talk about a humbling thing that God would hear your prayers, God would intercede. You see, faith is always belief in God's ability. Speak the word only. Don't miss this. This is, this is a great truth. Look at verse 9. For I am a man under authority. The centurion understood authority. He had authority over others. Notice what he says. For I'm a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this man, go. And he debates with me about whether or not he should do it. No, and he goeth. And to another, come, and he cometh. And to my servant, do this, and he doeth it. For I am a man under authority. He had authority over those soldiers. And did what they did what he commanded at his word. So in his mind, if I have the authority to command these soldiers by my word, I don't have to hold their hand and take them to where they have to be. That I don't have to come see them. I just say, do this, and it's done. This centurion recognized the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus came on the scene teaching and preaching and proclaiming himself to be the Son of God. He was there under the authority of Jehovah God. And this centurion recognized that this is the Son of God who has authority. And just as I'm a man who understands authority and I say, go, and they go, and I say, come, and they come, and I say, do this, and they do it, Jesus had the authority over all things. And Jesus, I know you don't have to come to my house. I'm not worthy of that anyway. All you have to do, being the one that has authority over everything, including sickness, including disease, all you have to do is say it and it's done. Because he had the authority. He believed in God's ability. That would be a wonderful thing if we as Christians were reminded that when God says it, it's done. He said it. I know what some rebels are thinking. Well, I know the Bible says this and it hasn't happened. Let me help you finish that sentence. Yet. Because when God says it, it's done. That man came there today. That, that, this will change your life. He came there today looking for Jesus. Where's Jesus? Where's Jesus? Where's this one called Jesus? 
Where is he at? When he gets to Jesus, he says, Jesus, this is what I need. I have a servant who is sick, and Jesus says, I'll come to your house. I'm not, I'm not worth I think it took him back. I wasn't prepared for that. You're not, I'm not worthy for you to come to my house. Just, just at your word. I understand authority. I came here today not to necessarily bring you back to me. I just, if you just speak it, it's going to be done. Wouldn't it be wonderful if we as Christians every day got up and said, where's Jesus? <clears throat> where's Jesus? I've got to find Jesus. I've got a need in my life. I've got a problem that I need to be solved. I've got to have strength to get through the day. Where is Jesus? Where is Jesus? And we come to the Word of God, and we, and we read the Word of God, and as God has spoken, it's done. God, if it's there, I, I can believe it. We know because the Bible tells us this man believed when Jesus said it's done. He turned around and he left. But what do we do is 2021 Baptist Christians. I wonder if he really meant that. Or we do this. I wonder what the Greek says. Or, or, or we do this. Well, in our mind, we justify, that's not really for me. And that's why you don't have miracles. And that's why you don't have an answer to prayer. Because we have to understand faith is always believing in God's ability. He's the one having authority. Some of you didn't really think we'd get this accomplished. Buildings aren't built yet, but they might as well be. You know, there's things in your life, Pastor, I just don't know if it can happen. How's your faith? See, I don't know when I approach the thing, when I approach God with what's going on in my life, in, in this church, in my ministry, I don't know if God will, but I always know God can. And we ought to work very hard and be very careful as a Christian and not get those two things confused in our mind. God can, and he'll reveal if it's, if it's will, whether or not he will. Because, but God can. You know, those Christians, they don't believe we can have a revival in our nation. And I say God can. Can we really reach our city? Well, Jacksonville's growing by leaves and mouth. How big is God? God can. What about your need tonight? Faith is always believing that God has the ability. Just speak the word only. I'm discouraged. I'm, I'm giving up. I'm this and that. He has spoken. I can't believe what's going on. He has said, the day is coming that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. Every tongue confess. Well, Pastor, do you believe that's really going to happen? It's really going to happen. Somebody's going to speak the name of Jesus, and everybody's stopping what they're doing. Just in his name. The Bible says the day's coming. That trumpet's going to sound. The dead in Christ shall rise first. And those that are alive and remain will join them in the air. Do you believe that's going to happen? It's as good as done. It's just a matter of God's timing.
Do you believe that God can still do a miracle? All he's got to do, all you have to do is approach him with the belief. Don't, don't miss this. And I'll, I'll give you number four, and, and we'll be done at some point. Notice his words in verse number eight. I am not worthy. There's your humility. Then notice the words, speak the word only. There's faith. You know why we're not as bold as this centurion is? Because we're upset that we're even in the situation. Because in our mind, we didn't deserve that. We're questioning why we're even having to pray the prayer. I've heard this several times, and I'm thankful not more than I've heard it. Pastor, I've just tried to serve the Lord, and this is what I get. Well, first of all, quit making stupid decisions, and you won't get that. It's not Scripture, but it's close. If you keep doing what you're doing, you're going to keep getting what you're getting. Maybe that's law of reaping and sowing. I don't know. But humility, I am not worthy. There's the faith, speak the word only. And he says, speak the word only. And it was so, it gives us number four. Look at me in verse number 10. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to them that followed, Verily I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. Number four is this, humility and faith is too uncommon. Notice what he says. He says, I have not found so great faith. No, not in Israel. This man was from outside of Israel. He was not a Jew. Jesus took a moment and he explains that there's going to be come from come all over, but those that I've been there to minister to, they're, they're not going to be in the kingdom because they've not had that faith. Because I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. Humility and faith is just too uncommon. Does your, I'll leave you with this question tonight. Does your faith, accompanied by your humility, does it marvel God? Think about it. I remind all of us tonight, God knows our hearts. It, and there are times in our life when we've had greater faith, we've had less faith. I understand that. But your faith in God's ability, does it get God's attention? And I hope he looks into the Emmanuel Baptist Church and says, there's not faith like that in all the city of Jacksonville. And I'll move there. It could come to your home, but does your faith marvel God? Does it, any faith gets God's attention, but is it such a great faith that it is uncommon because it is accompanied by that humility? I'm not even, I know that you, that you can do it. I'm not worthy to even be in your presence. I'm not worthy. It's not this fake humility. It is really realizing that no matter what I've achieved in this life, no matter how long I've been saved, no matter what I've accomplished for the Lord, in His presence, I'm still nothing. Yeah. 
In His presence, I'm still sinful flesh, saved by the grace of God. I realize that. And friend, by the way, work hard at never getting over that. Don't ever get over that you're saved by the grace of God. You didn't deserve salvation. You didn't earn salvation. We're not worthy of salvation. But the goodness of God granted to us through the gospel, His Son's shed blood, the death, the burial, and resurrections. Thank God for that. Don't get over the fact that you're just a sinner saved by grace. We should never walk into the throne room of God and say, God, I'm here. Now, now, this is what I want you to do for me. I'm not talking about not being bold in our prayers. God wants us to be bold in our prayers. God wants us to let our requests be known to Him. But this, you understand the spirit I'm speaking of, the humility. I know what I am, God. I know who you are. I need you to move mountains for me. If this centurion was like a lot of Christians... When Jesus says in verse 13, Go thy way, and as thou hast believed, so be it done unto thee. A lot of Christians would have said, I need a sign. I, I, I know what the Bible says, but I need a feeling about it. I know what the Bible says, but I, I need something to convince me. Notice something in verse 13. The Bible is so good. Go thy way. And notice the condition that Jesus puts on this answer. And as thy hast believed, so be it done unto thee. Servant wasn't healed the next day. He wasn't healed the next week. This man's faith resulted in a miracle in the same hour. I wonder what would be accomplished in the lives of God's people if we had centurion faith. I want that centurion faith. Well, as I study this story, I see one huge hindrance in the life of a Christian if they're going to have this kind of faith. It's a lack of humility. May we be reminded tonight, I know in this day we live in, that would be considered reckless faith. You're really not going to take him to your house? You know, in this day, if that, if that happened, you know, well, I'm not going to go down that road. Well, you're not gonna, you're not gonna get a sign. You you don't want assurance. You know, the centurion didn't get on Facebook and put out a poll whether or not he should do this. Jesus said, "The faith that's in your heart, that miracle be determined by your faith." In the same hour, he left and he went his way because he thought just enough of himself, or should I say? He, he thought just little enough of himself that when he went to the Lord, Lord, I understand the authority that you have. And can I remind you that God could still do anything in an instant? Amen. Pastor, I don't know what we're going to do. I don't know how we're going to do. God could do anything just like that. 
He can change circumstances just like that. May we have the humility that is necessary. When's the last time you really prayed and asked God to meet that need you have? I'm not talking about, dear Lord, thank you for the food, bless my body. Oh, and by the way, God, I'm not worthy. But if you'll just speak your word, it'll be done. Let's put faith in the word of God again. Father, help us 